0: And so we are going to try and do these more regularly, especially when one while we're in isolation, because yeah, it's not like we have anything else to do. We thought, you know what, we're going to really, you know, make the most of the time that people aren't commuting.
1: (laughs) That's the time to really put out more content when people don't have the time to actually listen to podcasts. We are good at this.
0: So this, we should say that this is a, a different recording setup. What I what I actually liked about our podcast, what I thought that our unique selling point was, is that the two of us were sat face-to-face in the studio, able to react to, you know, just the emotion, the body language of each other at the time.
1: That's right. Got, that's gone. has gone. N- yeah. It's just a socially distant podcast. We're just like yep. any other podcast now. Yep. Exactly. The one thing we had,
0: it's
1: gone now. Yeah, we didn't have anything else. It's not like we were funny or anything. Oh, no, no, no. God, no.
0: Um, yes. So, yeah, we're, we're having to adapt to working from home life. I, mean, I say adapting. I I work from home quite a lot anyway. Um, but
1: if I feel that what now I've been told I have to. Now you don't like it. I've, yeah, I'm feeling isolated. I've seen this quite a bit where people are like, you know what? I haven't had to make that much changes to my daily social life, but now I'm annoyed by it it's not li- it's nice to have the option yeah right yeah, you want to yeah. you want to be able to choose to work from home and not see your colleagues but now you can't and that's where it gets frustrating so you've been uh, your process of adapting has has involved setting up a desk right this has been yeah i mean i had this desk because you no. Know, so we, we we have this basically a, a two-bedroom flat one of the bedrooms is a bedroom no yes it's a bedroom one of Obviously, the bedrooms to... is a bedroom tick well it's, I, I, so okay let's let's bring more context into this okay i am still weirded out by the way that the english or at least here in london they advertise flats or apartments because i just tell you it has one bedroom it has two bedrooms or it has three bedrooms and i'm like but hopefully, there's more than just that. That that those rooms, <laughs> because I need more than just a bedroom. I would also be interested in, for example, a kitchen, well, a living room. So
0: um, I remember uh, when Arna van Kestren, uh who does a lot of standards work for Mozilla, he, he was uh, he lived in London for a bit, and he showed me around his flat. And this was in Soho. That like, this was as central London as central London gets. Uh, yeah. and he gave me the tour of his. Uh, of his flat. Is he still in London? I didn't know Oh, no, no, was. no. He's he, hes off in Zurich now, I think. Anyway, I might oh, be making that up. Okay. But the tour of his flat went something like this. It was, it was like, and uh, this is the bathroom. Uh, this is where you, well, you know, bathroom things. Do, do bathroom things. Do bathroom <laughs> things. And this is the other room where <laughs> you do things that so are bathroom things. studio <laughs> yeah pretty much it was i i think he you know it was a little bit more to it than that but yeah i mean it, it, in london sometimes when you say there's one
1: bedroom <laughs> that's it you know but yeah well the thing is coming from from germany it's very different because the number of rooms is kind of secondary what you really do care about is the square meters or the square footage the actual mm. size which seems to me is a much more important metric because having three rooms is kind of useless if they're all small as a shoebox. Yes. That, and yeah. so trying to find an apartment, and it's actually sometimes incredibly hard, if not impossible, to find the actual size of the apartment. You get a blueprint, but then the blueprint doesn't actually have any numbers on them, so you kind of have to guesstimate how big this apartment really is. And I mean, I guess I've kind of gotten used to it by now, but still, it, it still weirds me out that... You just advertise rooms here, like these are the number of rooms that you will get. I guess like a bathroom and a living room, kitchen is implicit, but but you, I, you want like you want that guarantee, yeah. I just want to know how I would if I have enough space so at my desk. And we you know we we obviously saw this apartment before we moved in, and the reason we wanted to have one additional room is because my partner does a PhD in music, and anyone who works in academia probably knows that that is incredibly work from home heavy, and isolating. And so, so far, she had to make our living room kitchen also her office, and so wasn't ever able to get any distance from her daily work when trying to chill on the couch in the evening. So having an office for herself was very important. But obviously, I have an office because I have an... I guess I guess it's an office job, isn't it? Like, our job is an office job, in yeah. a way. I, I mean, um, absolutely. Have you just realized I, this? <laughs> that's just like, usually office jobs are like have this connotation of being boring and silly, but I guess I guess I have an office job, yeah, a nine-to-five office job, technically. That big building you go to is an uh, office. It's an office, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and so I said, you know, I don't need a workspace at home, really, because most of the time I will be working in the office. And so all I have is a quite nice-looking but inconspicuous and small desk in the living room that most of the time is obliged to look tidy because it is in the living room, and the living room is supposed to look tidy in case people come over. And so now I have to transform this into a somewhat feasible home office setup that can also easily be tidied up when I'm done working, and I think I've done done a decent job, but definitely some some adaptations had to be made on my side. But I'm, I'm I think I'm coping quite well. Most importantly, I got a new chair that doesn't make my back hurt. Oh, uh, chairs!
0: But I I feel like chairs, A new chair is going to make my back hurt. I just have to I just have to let my back hurt, and then. After a week of my back hurting, it's fine. But
1: this is not a metaphor for COVID-19. <laughs> I just want to <laughs> But that is literally well, I what it. I do with chairs. So I guess my, my previous chair didn't make... As you said, like you get used to it. It didn't make my back hurt, but I it only didn't make my back hurt if I assumed a really unhealthy posture. Hmm. And I wasn't aware of it until I sometimes was just slouch over. And that's how I get comfy on that stool. And I was like, I can continue like this if I'm going to work from home for at least a month. And so got a new chair. I got a small external monitor so that I have two screens because, you know, that's re- something... I can work on a laptop for a day, but to do get properly productive a second screen has become essential to me over the years. It's weird, this 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 different setup that we've got now. Like, it's got me really paranoid, and I feel compelled to ask you, you're definitely recording, right? And you're recording I, from I, the right I, source. I'm, I have been watching the sound waves being recorded into adobe edition buy it now excellent and okay because i'm i i don't know i because normally
0: we're not responsible for this bit like someone no, else. no we is, can
1: yell at other people if it goes wrong
0: yeah and now it's just down to us and i've listened to too many podcasts that start with welcome to uh the extremely interesting podcast we're recording this for the second time because terry here like didn't press the big red record button or something like that and, and then the whole episode is lackluster yeah, this, this because, has never oh, happened to us
1: never never
0: never, never. <laughs> never. <laughs> oh yeah the, the uh, next epi- the next video episode of or three is going to it was one of those I'm do you think it's do, do we need to put a disclaimer at the front of the next htb three video because we'll be sitting quite close to
1: each other in a set that looks like a restaurant yeah because like no coronaviruses were harmed in the making of this video it was done bef- it was done before we, i mean technically the coronavirus was in existence it hadn't yeah. officially reached england yet at that point we just hadn't figured out how how bad it was oh, should we talk about the web
0: it feels it feels uh, like we've recorded for quite a bit and we haven't 11 minutes and 57 seconds well uh you'll see how much i can edit that down by
1: let's <laughs> <laughs> just start with this and just like ha you were wrong
0: <laughs> i can move bits around um
1: what do you have something to talk? About? I have stuff to talk about. Oh, so, oh, so you go like, oh, let's talk about the web. But summer, you go. But, no, no, Jake, that's not how it works. I, I can do it. I can do it. Yeah, you go. Yeah.
0: Um, I have been thinking about what makes me angry, and uh, <laughs> I know I know many answers to that question. Mate. Well, I've been trying to uh, come up with a history of my anger, um, of like the the main thing that's that makes that makes me angry, um, and and. Going back to just as I joined Google, the thing that made me really angry was the 300 millisecond tap delay.
1: Oh, yeah. That was a good I mean... I actually didn't care back in the time, but I can see now how rage inducing it would be because there was just no way around it for a long time, was there? Yeah, well there was, and, well, there was, but it was really, really hacky and unreliable. And I felt like
0: as someone who wanted the web to win over native, I felt like this was just an absolute betrayal from the browsers, you know? <laughs> like, how dare you? How dare you make us look artificially bad like this? Um, and it, so it's one of the first things I thought to be fixed uh, when I joined Google and I joined Chrome. And then Safari didn't for years. Uh, And then they became the new thing I was angry about because it was not just that. There was like index DB was broken. There was a lot of new features that were just not going into Safari. I was angry about those things. Um, Fast forward a little bit uh, because Safari started to get better. They did fix the, the tap delay. Frameworks, angry about frameworks. I'm angry because Passage. there was no server-side rendering. Uh, so that was because the, they they felt very anti-progress. I mean, that term didn't en- even exist at the start of the framework. Well, we called it progressive era. enhancement, right? And no
1: server rendering was definitely a thing because that was just what PHP did. That was server rendering. I, I, as a concept, yes, but as a word, oh, I don't know actually. Because I thought the whole rendering, like the, the, when I started, people were like just picking up on the whole, you know, renderer server-side rendering, you know, like. Calling that rendering seems like an overstatement because the whole word rendering is like pushing pixels to the screen. That's fair. Right? Yeah, I, I think we just called it progressive enhancement. Yeah, I it think might that's be. what it was,
0: uh, and it made me really angry that the frameworks of the time, especially the ones that were a bit uh, uh, too heavy for mobile, um, I, there was a, a Tom Dale blog post where he was like progressive enhancement. <laughs> I just dead. thought there was
1: a Tom Dale. There was it. There was there this
0: was. Tom Dale, right? <laughs> In fact, the, the King Tom Dale, the the Tom Dale primary, Tom Dale himself, uh, wrote this big negative anti-progressive enhancement post. And it just it made me really angry that that was the, the sentiment. Interestingly, Framework started to realize they needed progressive enhancement. They called it server-side rendering, I guess. Uh, so they had this new name for it, and it was great. And they would talk about how good it was despite them saying how bad it was previously when it was called progressive enhancement anyway i'm over Jake, it i'm over people it people are allowed
1: to change their opinions i'm over
0: it i'm over it that's what i'm saying um and increasingly i'm like i think some of the frameworks are a lot heavier than they should be uh but thanks to things like code splitting and server side rendering we are I, i'm less angry about them than i used to be and my anger is mostly now at build tools
1: <laughs> Uh, yes, I I am with you on that. It's So one of the things that... It's like,
0: we you know, we have these things like preload tags. It's like, do you want to make your thing like three seconds quicker? All you need to do is stick a preload tag in the head for those font files or for that deferred JavaScript file or for those background images that are referenced by your CSS. And what we hear back from a lot of uh, partners and, and developers is... Oh my build tool doesn't let me do that. I don't know how yeah. to. I don't know how to do that in it's Webpack. Really hard.
1: I don't know how to do that in Drupal. Whatever. Like, well, and then we we just tried it for ourselves in in a couple of apps that we wrote, didn't we? Like, we were like, you know what? It can't be that hard. Let's give it a try. Yeah, and it's hard. It's hard. Absolutely it's so hard. We should. We should. Uh, I mean, this is basically the talk that we gave, isn't it, a Jamstack? Yes, which we've been going on about <laughs> every episode Doesn't for matter. about a year now. Let's get more mileage out of it. we have going to put it in the, in the
0: show note description oh, again. again. Yeah, we've been going on this uh, on about this for every episode for almost a year now. So that's
1: three I mean, episodes. It's, it's to, to, we built Squoosh. Yes, we did. We used Webpack and Preact. We found this hard. We were like, hmm, is this Webpack's fault or is this like a systemic fault? And we built Procs and we used Rollup and Preact. Still yep. hard. Yes, absolutely. That, that a lot easier to talk. But e- easier, but also we invest a lot of time into learning the the guts of Rollup because it were easy to learn than the guts of Webpack, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But but we did true. we did learn them, and then we turned it into a talk. And now I guess we are finally at a point where we feel like we have learned so much about the entire ecosystem that we are in a position to actually have an opinion on this a well-based opinion yeah and so one of the things that i
0: think should have made everything a lot better is the fact that we are increasingly
1: using javascript on the server as well as the client right especially with the the um, advent of serverless which interestingly is the first language that all the serverless engines have is javascript absolutely but I've, i was playing around with um next i
0: yeah, yeah. You've, you've, yes, I'll, we'll put it into yeah, next
1: jazz. Yeah, but, but uh, do tell me about that because I have not yet. So I did a hello world in next No, you know what? Tell me what what is even next because I've heard it a lot and I have a vague definition of what it is, mostly based on individual snippets of information. But how would you define next js So it, uh, it sits in a similar way
0: alongside things like create react app and uh, um maybe going as far back as uh delaying for time while i remember the project name what was the um project yeoman Yeoman, thank you thank you for reading my mind uh so that kind of thing it's like a a project scaffolding tool which um tries to set you on the happy path of making a um uh a server-driven react app but it can also do static builds Mm. as of very recently.
1: I see. Okay, so so it is pretty much a starter kit, just that server-side rendering is part of the starter kit. Yeah, and the developer experience is really, really good. Like there's Ah. so much of the
0: uh, project setup stuff that is just taken care of for you, uh, but it doesn't have that feeling of, um, well, you know how when you would run Yeoman, and it would just create 110 billion files in your source directory, and you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know what any of this does. I, just, I feel, I feel like I don't own the project. I just literally started. You know, um, it 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 doesn't have that feeling. Like the the developer ergonomics are. It's actually all pretty hidden good. in node modules. <laughs> Do you know what? And th- there is a bit of out of sight, out of mind about that. Like, yeah, in some so ways, I see that's that. a good thing. Uh, but and it's it's got some really good stuff out of the box like there's uh some c s s uh bundling code splitting uh the way it organizes its files into what will become uh server rendered paths is actually really nice um but there's one big piece of the architecture that i uh kind of disagree with and so they they've when you do a link on a page you don't use uh, an a tag um you use the spare their, their link tag and i mm-hmm. i've heard this and the reason for this is that, uh, and the docs. I'm, like, oh, I'm probably going to misquote the docs, but the the like. Normally, when you click a link, you get a full page refresh. But of course, we don't want that. So uh, you've got to use our special link element. So we do the navigation within the page, and it, that's a sort of fundamental that I disagree with. Because I I I think full page navigations are
1: actually fine in most cases. And even if you don't, you can still prevent default the event. At the body tag level. Oh but yeah, so so they, they probably like don't need their special link tag. They probably don't need
0: that, but it's more the okay. The the, the outcome of this is hello world
1: in Next.js is seventy k of JavaScript. I am um, so I hope I'm not saying anything wrong, but Gatsby is basically based. Is it based on Next.js? Or is it completely independent? It's a completely independent foc- thing. I but believe. it does. But it basically focuses on. Statically rendering React apps, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So, th- so basically, you could build your own Gatsby with Next, so to speak. Yeah. So, th- so the way their static uh, system
0: works is, it essentially you create the server rendered app and then you tell it what paths you want to become part of the static rendering thing and it's it right. essentially in the background is going to spin up the server request those pages and output the html which i think okay. is actually a, a totally fine way of doing it. i think it's a quite nice way to uh, have a stepping stone from server server render to static render i think that's yeah. i think that's actually
1: a really nice system so i mean i i do agree with you like a, like full page navigations are the base and we can enhance to client side navigation if we deem it Good enough, or if that seems appropriate, right? Yes, but it doesn't. It doesn't require a special link tag, especially if you think about migrating content or adapting old content, having to go in and change every linked every a tag to their link tag or whatever it is.
0: My, my problem like with it old... is a
1: bit more fundamental than that. It's it's that um, I,
0: having the, the cost, the price you've paid for this um, potentially maybe slightly quicker navigation that the user may or may not take is 70 kilobytes of compressed JavaScript. And that is going to hit your main thread. It
1: is going to... Which, I mean, that is kind of code that I would definitely load lazy, right? Like the page spins up and then you want to get the page running and then doing like the fancy navigations is something you can load lazily.
0: Yeah, that's not quite how it's working, unfortunately. Mm. So I I should take an extra step back as well. And and the the problem I, I have with this is that uh, the, the whole idea of running JavaScript on the client and on the server has led to this pattern of making the two one to one? And this, right. is, this is the big deal I've got. It's like I, I think it's great that we can now share components between the server and the client. That's a, but we we've kind of thrown that advantage away by deciding everything should be in both places. Um, and so if you've got this header which doesn't change, you know, don't ship code for it. Like yeah. And having full-page navigations, I think, is fine until they're not, until you can actually identify that it's faster and and happens often enough to want to do it another way. Um,
1: And that doesn't seem to be the way it's going. So, I mean, the the one-to-one mapping still sounds desirable to me. It's just you shouldn't also... Like, you you should always... I feel like the the ability to change your mind at all, like, oh, this header component, I will now make dynamic, client-side dynamic because reasons X and Y... But that should only happen once you have established that it's actually necessary. So it should be yes. static first, and then enhanceable when yes. the, the the requirements arrive. I I absolutely absolutely agree. Um, so
0: on the server, the page is a, a component, and mm-hmm. it, it contains the other components like your header, body, for like everything else. Yeah. I don't think that that should be the model on the client. I think it should be a level at least a level down from that. Like your entry point should be your header, your body of your foot or like even more granular than that perhaps. And you should be able to sort of to activate these things as and when needed. Uh I I believe uh, React folks call this partial hydration or something similar to that. But oh. but you can do this today. You just you just ship the code for the, the one component that you want to be interactive.
1: Uh, Right. And off you go. And so I... Well, most, most frameworks, as far as I understand, have this conception of a root component that is somewhere, you know, usually pretty high up in the DOM tree and all other components are a direct or indirect child of that root component. So unless you go into the, we have multiple small apps running on the page, that seems pretty hard in frameworks nowadays.
0: Yeah. So, like, if I've got a blog post and the blog post has a comment system, um, and obviously it's got header and footer and stuff, I I, I would be happy rendering that using preact React um, on the server or you know in some static build system because I, I quite actually like that as a as a model. Mm. But when it came to the client side, I would maybe ship the component for the comment reply system, you know yeah I, and maybe like once you hit submit on that comment, maybe that would be the point to send the component for um the comment system if you wanted that to update dynamically, but other than that, like shipping all of that javascript just to hand handle a potential navigation from one of your blog posts to another uh in the hope of of gaining a bit of time i I just feel like that this is we should have better solutions for this we should have like a pre render system uh that that kind of works safely um rather than having to ship a lot of JavaScript for this because Full page navigations are actually handy in some way because you um, it buys you out of a lot of complexity, including things oh, like yeah. memory leaks. Right, like you do a full page navigation, all your memory leaks are gone if you had any. It's it's actually a really nice nice point to uh, yeah to be able to just clear I, I, that out.
1: And single page apps, we don't have. I mean, this is a pet peeve that the two of us have. We have tried to make navigation transitions happen. Yes. For a long time, like get, get the standards body interested in that. Because currently, this, you want, if you want to go, you want to have nice transitions, you have to immediately go SPA and you have to do the whole push state history management client side routing thing. Yes. Like it's, you either have to go all in or you stay in MPA. There is no middle ground currently on the web. And that's a bit sad because that is a lot of complexity just to get what is pretty much just visual embellishments. Yes, um, um, yeah. And one of the, the things that Next.js handles as well is, is it does all that for you. Um, right, but it's still client-side code, right? Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, I, when I think- And it's yeah. not their fault. They're, as I said, there is no other so- solution to this. It's just, this is something where I see the platform is just lacking. Because yep. like you have to write so much code or pull in so much third-party code just to get, give me a nice swoosh out to the left and get in the new content swooshing in from the right. Like that is already- that decision brings in so much code. Yes, absolutely, and maybe portals will solve that.
0: That's, I'll, I'll, we'll maybe Ooh. talk about that on another episode because uh, my, I'm still, I'm, I'm kind of working on on portals uh, right now. Yeah. on the specification side. Um, I'm still getting my head together on on what I think the path forward is.
1: Um, yeah, it's not like we have the ultimate solution prepared here, right? Like no. we, we have written. Like we use the the apps that we write in our team, like Squoosh and Prox and the Chrome Dev Summit website, um, we use those to actually sound out our ideas and kind of prove that ideas that we have work. And <laughs> often they don't. Hmm. Um, I think we've uh, learned a lot on the CDS website when it comes to just build using modern frameworks to build static sites, because you, what we what you what you prototyped for CDS is basically rendering preact apps at build time, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, we used Eleventy for that. And it didn't play well with well, we, yeah. Up. I mean, we shoehorned it together. But on a conceptual level, using the component structure to generate a completely static site worked really well, I thought, on, a, on an ergonomics level. Which is not a surprise, because that's pretty much what Gatsby has been doing. Um, we just tried to stay away from the runtime JavaScript as much as possible.
0: Yes, I should say that, that, um, that although I'm complaining about Next.js, I I, I'm pretty confident that Gatsby is has all the same problems. Um what so I talked about the this this thing about you you're shipping components to the serv- uh, from the server to the client that might never change on the client. So it's just wasted yep. bandwidth. But the, the other uh the other way around um is maybe worse, and that's when you render stuff on the server the same as the client,
1: as in you are rendering buttons that do not work. Yeah, that is also a anti-pattern that we have seen and something we have tried to solve in Prox because we actually have the thing where we, we wanted to have a very fast first render, but we yes. didn't want to give the impression that you can interact with this first render. Yes, exactly. And it's uh, it's it's not an easy problem. Um, no. You can,
0: you can have a system where... Um, I think in Prox, we hit the buttons and
1: the page looked yep. like a web page that was half-loaded. Um, right. The, which is, you know, which is a good first step because at least vi- like visual activity gives the user, you know, it pacifies the users to wait longer because looking at the white screen is what makes people leave your site. If you see that something is happening, you prolong that time until they actually abandon your site.
0: Yes, but uh, also if you see something and there's a big button that says start and you click it and nothing happens because the JavaScript oh, that's needed sure. is still loading, then that's that's... Another the infamous abandonment problem. Um, so I heard, a, 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 on Twitter, I complained about this. So I, And I heard a few uh, like interesting other ways around it. Uh, one suggestion was disable the buttons. So you can render them in the same position they would be, but give them a disabled state. Mm-hmm. I think this is reasonable as long as the
1: user knows why that button's disabled. Yeah. You kind of want then to be a spinner to be in them or something so that the user knows, oh, the, the button is in the process of... Doing something. Absolutely. If you just end up in a form with disabled buttons and potentially on a slow connection where you're able to fill out the two fields on the form and the button is still not enabled, then it might be weird. Absolutely. Th- then again, if I fill up the form and there's no button, might also be weird. So like feel something like, like a like a completely static CSS based spinner might actually be the most appropriate UX there to show, oh yeah, we're we're working on getting this ready for you. And, yeah. or, Another solution is that you have a tiny, tiny little bit of
0: inline JavaScript that comes before the element, or um, right. maybe just yes. after the element if you're feeling lucky. That will <laughs> uh, that will capture that tap on that button, um, record that it was pressed, so that the JavaScript yeah. can load in and, and know that what happened. But also um, can show a loading screen at that point. It's like ah, you caught me out. Sorry.
1: I mean I that's wasn't what we do That's what we're doing in procs, right? Like we show the form. We have some minimal inline JavaScript to make that form interactive. And if you manage to tap the start the game button before the other JavaScript has loaded, which we load lazily for the game, that's where we remove the entire screen and show a spinner and wait for the rest of the JavaScript to come in, which is barely ever going to happen. We did the same with
0: Squoosh as well. Um, True. Like the the, spinner, which looks like we're loading your image, can actually be we're loading the workers to do the compression and all of that right. sort of stuff. Like, um, So yeah, that that, that is it's, I like those little tricks. Um, yeah. Sleight of hand, it works. A little, little bit of sleight of hand. Uh, the, the other suggestion was that you could record multiple clicks and I do not like this because I used Windows 95 and <laughs> other systems and I, you must, I, I don't know, have you experienced this as well where an app has locked up so you, you click it, nothing happens, you click somewhere else, nothing happens. You're like, is is part of this app locked up or is it the whole thing? So you, you go yeah. into another toolbar and you click something else, it's still not working, and then a few seconds later,
1: rap like <laughs> all the clicks get replayed. Yep. And so like, yeah, let's let we do not want to recreate that, that Windows it's, it's 95 an interesting experience. problem Because there's this whole, you know, you have to react to a click within 300 milliseconds 100 milliseconds I think according to rail if it's a loading action you can have up to one second technically But then at some point you cross the threshold where the user will think Did this app actually ever get the click in the first place? You know you clicked But at some point you will question the functionality of the app if you might have to click again. Yes, absolutely and if you once you cross that replaying those clicks can be a really bad idea depending on what your app is for example what i had i I don't know it was it might have even been an app that i wrote myself i'm not sure but a to-do app where i was basically trying to check off or delete the top list top item on a to-do list um, and nothing happened and i clicked a couple of times and it would replay the clicks and after deleting the first item the other ones would move up and now I would have deleted the top four or five items because it d- replayed all those clicks. Yes. And that was a destructive op- operation. This app in particular didn't have an undo. And I had no idea what the items were that I just deleted. Uh, yes. I, and this yeah. might even be outside the control of your app because sometimes it's just the entire system that's frozen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, as I said, like, so I think the React folks are looking
0: at fixing some of this stuff with partial hydration. It's not entirely clear to me how how that works. But I, I do wish that things like Next.js and, and Gatsby were battling this with the tools we have now. Because like, you can already do partial hydration. You can you can do uh, the activation of, of individual components. Um, and I, I guess they just need to, to support something like that. But if not, we're, we're waiting
1: on, on partial hydration things to come through from. This is something where I would really love to have more experience with Svelte because could the con- fact that it like compiles down to vanilla DOM operations more or less Hmm. and that the whole app architecture I don't even know to what extent it exists in Svelte but I wonder how they how they do on this test
0: yeah that is a a framework I I don't know I listen to a few web podcasts and what everyone is saying is like oh I should really try Svelte it sounds great (laughs) And I, and I am also part of that. That is, it. It sounds
1: great to me. Uh, I would love to. Well, give what, it a spin. what keeps me away is that it's like it's, it's slightly non-standard. Like the JavaScript is not normal JavaScript. Like TypeScript doesn't necessarily work. Not that I'm like married to TypeScript on every project, but I am. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I do love TypeScript, but I'm also quite happy every now and then just throwing stuff together, so I don't have to set up a build system or anything. Yeah. But it's like. The semantics are, can be slightly different and I don't have a 100% or I don't have a good intuition of what that code will compile to. And that is something that deters me a little bit because I I work, and I guess it's a privilege to say that, but I work at a platform level. Like I need to know what happens under the hood. I want to know what happens under the hood. And while it was felt, it's hard to see that. I guess you can look at the build output and then build up your intuition from there. But it's not like you walk, go in and you immediately kind of understand what's happening. I
0: think that's where a lot of these tools uh, live or die, isn't it? It's it's like, it's great that it does the right thing or the common thing really easily. But what happens when I don't want to do that? Like, how much pain are you going to put me through? Or is it going to be impossible? And um, I don't know, That that is one of the things that I've, Enjoyed about the React model is that it it is reasonably easy to get back into DOM land. Yeah. Um. Maybe svelte is the same.
1: I I don't know. I yeah. I don't know. I should play with it before I start having more opinions on it. To be honest, I already feel bad for actually bringing it up because I I played like I did the hello world, and that's all and a couple of tests. But that's all my opinions are based on really. And I should do more before i voice <laughs> <laughs> any more opinions so so to, to detract from my from me having opinions uh how about a urinal story oh yes please i'm so i'm in for it or originally we had the plan to make more shorter podcasts but we have almost reached normal length at this point which <sighs> is impressive yeah um so i was um i'm trying to remember where i was i was at the gym and uh you know, urinal doing doing urinal things. Uh, Do it next to me. Oh, doing... sorry. I, I, the, the problem is,
0: like, I was trying to build up a a visual image of this story. So you said at the gym. So now in in the scene in my head, I've put a few running running machines there, a rowing machine, some guy in the background doing weights, and then you said at the urinal. So now
1: that is on the running machine. <laughs> <laughs> now that's a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, All right. And the dude finishes. Yeah, washes his hands commendable because absolutely not... modern era <laughs> um and then there were on the wall there were two hand dryers one of these air blower thing it's not the cool dyson ones not the air blades just a normal blow oh, on yeah. some semi-warm air yeah and he goes with his wet hands in front of these two hair dryers stretches out his hands and activates both hand dryers at once with proper, proper power stance, like feet oh. wide apart, and uses one hairdryer for each hand, and just stood there holding his hands under the hairdryers as if he was summoning Satan. <laughs> I liked, I, I, was it the, the ones with the proper plunger
0: buttons? Because I imagine he sort of walked up to that and took a a, a Punched sort of, them in the face. Yeah, a, a Kung
1: Fu stance. He was like... <laughs> <laughs> no, they were just motion activated, so it was a little oh, bit a less dramatic. But it, it, I just stood behind them. I feel like I want to dry my hands too, but on the other hand, I was so in awe by how powerful this move was to blow dry both your hands on separate hand air blow dryers I, at once. I'm, I'm picturing, for some reason, El Honda from
0: Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, yeah. That that would have been good. Sadly, it was not him. <laughs> But <laughs> oh, it's a, I'm, I'm, yeah,
0: shocked and surprised it wasn't a fictional character from a 90s computer game. <laughs> <laughs> I, could
1: do, I could do some Street Fighter now. I mean, we have the time. I'm, mm. I'm locked in at home. That's, yeah, yeah. Why would we even do the did... podcast? I, we could have just been... Nobody knows. Yeah. I, I, I did start to, to speed run Zelda because I was like, if not now, when? then when? Yeah. Absolutely. And it's, it's hard, but it's good. It's good fun. <laughs> so I've I got a toilet Question. For you? Oh, oh, now I hope you. Well, wait. Yeah. You should know this by now. <laughs> what is the button on the top for? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and why do they keep filling up? I don't. Anyway, no. My 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 question is, I, I, so I, I, I was having a poo before bedtime, which sounds like a lovely book, doesn't it? <laughs> but, I mean. Depends on your definition of lovely. A, a poo before bedtime. Coming soon on Radio 4. I don't know. <laughs> so um, I I was having a poo before bedtime. And then I, you know, finished, as you put it. Uh, and then I kind of looked down at my... My jeans were now around my ankles. I'd got that step right. Don't ever get that wrong. Got to do what that as step one. Uh, and I kind of, I thought, well... It seems like, it seems like bad optimization to put those, to pull those back up because I'm (laughs) going to bed. (laughs) And so what would you do in the situation? What's the, what
1: is it? I mean, there, there are multiple factors at play here. I would assume Mm. in my vast experience of, uh, loo to bed pathing optimizations, um, Optimization or, or I guess, factor number one, are there other people in the house on the route that could witness the visual of your optimization? Just my partner, Jen. Does she care? Hmm. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I may as well tell you what happened. <laughs> because the decision I made was just leave those bad boys around my ankles. Um and I, I washed my hands. Of course, I did. Important. Um, and then I uh, waddled, waddled, I think waddled. <gasps> I waddled my way to the to the to the bedroom, and I, and I was feeling very smart, proud of myself with my optimization so far. Achievement unlocked. And Jen looked at me and was just like, "What are you doing right now?" And that's when I, re- I didn't feel very smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, i said like, well i I, well, I i i was having a, a poo before bedtime coming soon to radio 4 and i i, I thought well I, I i'm not i i don't want to pull those back cuz i'm about to take them off of bed so i i just I, I i and she looked at me and just said you look like a pervert zombie and
1: <laughs> no, that's that's a game i want to play <laughs> <laughs> but I, yeah. so yeah. So to, to because this is serious business. Yeah. Um, the, the proper optimization would have been to take them off before you stand up. Because yeah. otherwise you usually sit back down to take them off. And also you limit the length of your stride when waddling. Yeah.
0: It just felt like, but that's, that's what happens. And that's the bedroom task. <laughs> 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 Look, I'm not, I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> Take my jeans off in the bathroom. I'm not weird. <laughs> no, no, that would be we- no. We can't do that. <laughs> uh, but I'm undeterred. Basically, I I, I will do it again. Um, this is a tra- This is now
1: your preferred method.
0: Yep, yep. We've had night of the pervert zombie. We'll have the <laughs> dawn of the pervert zombie. Day of the pervert. Zomb- it's just I'm just going to go through the whole. The whole lot. Twenty-eight days later. Oh, yeah Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, and that's because your stride is limited. It takes you a long time to get to places. <laughs> so
1: should we? Should we? Should we? Should we? Should we? Should we? Should or we should, should we, just, we not? Or should we? Should we call it a podcast? Well, I slightly slightly shorter than usual, and rather do more frequently. Intra-
0: well it- I want, I've got I've got a story I wanted to get off my off my chest. Um, Your
1: metaphorical chest,
0: and this, All right? And this, go is, for it. and this is not tech related. So if people want to to bail, <laughs> then they they totally can. They totally can. Um, Be- because before they couldn't. Exactly, we were holding them to ransom on the u- urinal story. Uh, but now, so I like reminiscing about travel again. I went to Barcelona. Um, I w- Wait, when oh, this was like last month? Ah, um, okay, I I went to see the Formula Ones. Uh, they're testing. And it was uh um but anyway, I want to talk about uh La Sagrada Familia. This is what a, is that? That is a big cathedral um that is still being built. Um if you if you're worried about any of your projects running late, they started this cathedral in 80,
1: 1882. Oh and I thought not and I thought Berlin Airport was bad. <laughs> oh i just yeah. googled some images that's that's pretty it's now
0: despite the cranes <laughs> the, the design is has gone through like many different different like generations of architecture style um and influence uh so this thing looks like a, a geocities website right it's the most beautiful
1: geocities website you've ever seen but oh yeah when you just, when you when you look at the images it's it's kind of it's like a frankenstein they have thrown everything at it it's it,
0: it's abs- it is incredible um it is incredible but i i was i went on the audio tour of this uh this place you know the, the kind of phone thing you hold to your t- ear yeah. key in the number that kind of thing and uh in spanish or english i chose english for that is the language i understand uh but turns out oh. didn't help uh, <laughs> because it turns out that i am just completely unfamiliar with uh, religious terminology and religious architectural terminology um i, w- I want to give you i want to give you a a rendition of, of part of it and so the start of it uh, i might try and set I, this to some beautiful um strings i'll get uh, are your, involved.
1: are you gonna put on your your posh voice oh i'll give
0: it a go <clears> there <throat> we go all right here we go you ready right. i'm ready so this, I, you know, walked into this beautiful building, put the little phone thing to my ear. Walk towards and look up at the ceiling. Take a moment to appreciate its majesty. Notice how the four sparts, each representing a trial of the heron, are flanked by Critons as they join the paracase of the churdle, And that was the point. <laughs> that I looked at the audio guide and was like,
1: is this set to <laughs> hard mode or something? <laughs> Like it sounds like it sounds a bit like like an american being dropped in england with all the great words it sounds like vowels strung together then yeah says yeah. <laughs>
0: i don't what's going on it's, i mean i don't know i i think I, I was just making some of that up of course because i just i didn't i didn't know i didn't know what it was on about uh, but i i persevered i persevered and you know so it, it it carried on proceed now around the beamer of the mausoleum this is the place of silent worship, so your silence is appreciated. To the left of you is the crypt of Antoni Gaudi, the genius behind the architecture of this great building. He came to rest here after being struck by a passing tram. I wasn't ready for that. <laughs> and I think that's cruel. They took me to a quiet place and then just dropped in. <laughs> Just killed by a so I burst out <laughs> laughing, and I it, again in the place of quiet worship in the place of quiet worship. Again, it was the detail there that really caught me out. Like I love that it was it was noted that it was a passing tram, like which is good because that tells us it didn't just drop from the sky. <laughs> Gaudi didn't run into a stationary tram, <laughs> <laughs> like it's, and. Yeah, the whole, the whole the whole thing absolutely blew my mind. But I would once once we're allowed to, out of, out of our houses again, I would recommend people visit this place because it is it is an ex- yeah, extraordinary I want to visit it now. architecture.
1: In general, Barcelona, the pictures I've seen is a stunning city. To oh, it was absolutely beautiful. The 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 whole place. Yeah, I. Uh, the- so once we can travel,
0: mm. maybe I shall. Yes, <laughs> or, or this might just become, I think, remember remember when we used to go places, remember when we used to, like, see each other face to face, remember,
1: remember that, remember when... I, I don't remember your face, <laughs> I just remember a white halo. A... <laughs> <laughs>
0: that is, that is usually, yeah, how, yeah, white balance doesn't work well with me, so... No, usually if you're I in the
1: studio on. and you have, like, proper lights aimed at your face, they just reflect...
0: Oh. <laughs> so there was, there's loads on the list that I thought we would we would talk about. Like, um, I wanted us to talk about um, the the Oculus. We've both got an Oculus. Oh, yeah, we got an Oculus. Yeah, we're not going um, to talk about it this time, though. I want, huh, yeah, cliffhanger. I want, yeah, I wanted to talk about um, double keying in terms of like it's a, saf- a, a safari thing. Like, it's an interesting behavior to get around, like, uh, yeah. third-party tracking requests. We're just going to have to shove this in another episode, I, aren't we? I, I even
1: have another urinal story <laughs> <laughs> how many do you have in the bank <laughs> how many urinals <laughs> <laughs> okay, brilliant yeah this is the first time i had two prepared
0: Ex- well that's good but- and also i like i didn't give an update about how my jury service
1: went like oh whatever. yeah yeah i, mean, I guess that- I, could, I could just do that no 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 don't do it that that yeah, they have to tune in for the next episode Okay, we're now doing cross episode call forwards. Wow.
0: Oh, okay then. Um, but let's end let's end it there then. Let's let's
1: let's then end End. then it then there then. And there you go then. All right. Happy Happy next time. time.
0: Bye. Bye. ral